not going to talk about basketball. Nothing's uh, happened with our team in the last six hours. We're going to start the same way tonight. Um, any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we gonna do something? I'm tired, I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on HR 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up, I've had enough. We're gonna play the game tonight, but I want every person here, every person listening to this to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know? Come on Mavs, let's go. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go play a basketball game. And, and 50 senators in Washington are gonna hold us hostage. Do you realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check? 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. Martin Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on why it's called Hemocide. Google it. Hemocide. Google it. I'm not a retard. The world's coming to an end. Everybody wants
Boom. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 265 or 266, 265 or 266 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. You guys download the episode. You should have the number available to you. But anyways, with that said, I am your host in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the Brown Recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. The millions. What the fuck is up? Uh, I go by, I don't go by that anymore, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling you the yeah. content. Dude, I'm the king of content. Uh, anyways, guys. Guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They got everything you would ever need. They got sweatpants. They got hats. They got everything. I had some this morning. Got my day going. I like doing the morning ones because it gets me that fucking, that extra juice, that extra gear to, to go in there. Um, check it all out. If you're not into caffeine, that's cool. I totally understand. They also have decaf and they have the uh, hibiscus tea, which I really appreciate. It's always nice to go on like nature walks, drink some hibiscus tea fucking delightful if you ask me personally uh but use promo code america to see 15 percent off the total purchase price uh, we appreciate it they appreciate it take a picture of yourself drinking the hibiscus tea drinking the, the coffee wearing the pants wearing the hats tag us tag them we appreciate it they appreciate it and speaking of sponsors guys make sure you head on over to sukerapparel.com where the great and powerful nicole smith bosch has put together a lovely line an array of merchandise for your consuming pleasure so head on over there fill your cart up with some hats some shirts some man bags some girl bags some gender fluid bags whatever fuck you want to put a label on it it don't matter she made it for you and the entire world with the love uh, that came straight out of her left ventricle that's the bottom of your heart for all the laymans out there uh but yeah go on fill your card up just like our boy jesus Fuentes from the words are hard podcast uh, but when you do before you check out and put paypal or your credit card number in guys make sure you enter promo code art and jacob and nicole will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase that shows her that you're listening to the podcast as well as showing her some love as well as your boys over here and uh speaking of love guys uh make sure you head on over to our friends not a sponsor but our friends over at magic mind uh like art said you know there's nothing better than a nice fresh cup of coffee in the morning but if you don't really you can't usually if you can't really do caffeine like that in the morning if you don't drink a whole pot of coffee like your boy over here jacob p in the place to be i didn't drink a whole cup today but i did take some magic mind guys it's an all natural uh food supplement that you can take it's got ashwanda uh, mushroom in it which is supposed to help you with focus uh decrease stress it reduces your cortisol levels if you will uh but it's not some you know uh chemically made thing that you know you have to worry about you know developing some kind of tumor later on in life no this is stuff that is naturally found out in nature you could probably make it on your own but who wants to spend you know three hours in whole foods or you know going here there and everywhere around town to put all these things together like a medicine man no the the good people at magic mind have already done this for you uh they put it in a nice little shot bottle that you can do in the morning with your daily cup of coffee uh, it'll help reduce your stress help reduce your anxiety and help increase your focus so head on over to magicmind.com i put a link in the show notes so you can follow the the link over there uh, they gave us a promo code that you can use to get 20 percent off and if you follow our special link uh, you can potentially get 40 percent off your purchase just to try this stuff so head on over there uh, try magic mind increase your focus reduce your stress and anxiety but art we're not here to talk about stressing well we might talk a lot about stress and anxiety because this is a very very highly debated topic this week. But Art, what are we here to talk about today? Well, actually, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, let's introduce our very special guest. 
Guys, put your hands together. Let me see y'all. Everyone stand up. If you're driving right now, pull over because you got to stand up. If you're sitting down, if you're sitting down, stand up. Remove your hat. If you're standing up, sit down. Take your hats <laughs> off. Put your ha- put your right hand over your heart and make some noise for the gothic <laughs> goddess herself. The the, the the master of the dark arts, of the sexual arts, possibly. We don't know oh, yet. Wow. It's possible. Anything's possible in this universe. The forbidden arts. The forbidden arts. Ren Penn. The doctor of the thugonomics. Doctor, Dr. Dre, step aside. We got a new doctor oh my that's about to operate. <laughs> <laughs> Make some noise for Renee. Wait, Ren Penn. There you go. Renee Penover, everybody. Signing up. That's my signature. You guys? Well, Will Coke sponsor us now? Dude, that's crazy. It looks blurry. It like blurred it out. Yeah. I think that, I think that's like the government saying, nope. We... I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, say hello to Thank them. Thank you. Millions. Thank you. Thank you for that very warm and kind introduction. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we're here to talk about, we're here to talk about guns today. Yeah. And I, uh, as I was saying in the Patreon, like I'm like, I'm I you know, if you need a dumb person on the podcast, I check the box. And so I was like, you know what? This is a pretty like touchy subject. And it'd be important to have someone on here that's like well versed, well educated. A legit doctor. A legit doctor. Dr. Dre, dude, you fooled me once, man. That's not a real doctorate, dude. Um so this is why Renee's on here. Also, because she's pretty funny. So let's 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 make some noise. <laughs> this is a, thank this you. Is, for at the end of the day, me. this is somewhat of a comedy podcast. So yeah, we'll try to keep it light. Yeah, light as light as it can be. Uh, but guys, um, I get I guess Art, you 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 always like to start these uh, heavy episodes off with a question. Um, we are in the midst of dealing with two really super tragic mass shootings we had you know the buffalo incident a couple of weeks ago uh as well as the uvalde uh, am i saying that the city right uh the valde uh school shooting that where a guy came in and massacred you know 19 people including kids as young as i believe like five six years old if you will uh mike i guess my question to you guys is um i know art he's a you know an annual nra membership holder uh, they, right. they they have you come in and, you know, register for five years, but art, you know, re-registers every year because that's how passionate he is. Right. About, you know, his I do advance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I, I guess I, I guess you could say, what are your stances on gun control? Uh, just like right out the gate. Like, let's just put it out there because I'm sure I mean, we have a lot of conservative listeners, surprisingly. Uh, but um, what are you guys stances on the whole gun debate, you know, that's going on in this country right now? Renee, Renee yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, so I'm a teacher and every opportunity, I, I strongly believe everyone has something to teach you and everyone, you have something to learn from everyone. And so in the time that I've been a teacher, well, for a long time already now, um, you know, I've had students that have come in from different countries. And so I've had a lot of foreign students and one of the things they tell me is that when they're coming over here, their parents pray for them or their parents, uh, you know, tell them how dangerous America is because of our guns. And to hear that, you know, and being American, 
And hearing that is just so strange because you think of America as being the best place, the safest place, just kind of, you know, like out of, you know, we're from here. And so that's, you know, America is just the best. That's what we've always kind of been ingrained. And then I have students who are just like, yeah, our parents are terrified that we're studying here because of gun violence. And so for me, um, <laughs> you could probably guess that I'm, that I'm against um, having guns completely. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't want to infringe on anyone's freedom. We know that that's a huge deal here, but you know, in other countries, people have to get vetted for guns for like six months. Like you go and you request a gun to purchase a gun in other countries. And some countries interview your employers. They interview your family. They interview your friends. They interview random people in your life. You have to list all these people. They do investigations on you to make sure that you're suitable. And I, I just think it's too easy in this country to acquire a gun. Um, you know, this gentleman who shot up Uvalde or however, he, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but he, it was, he went and grabbed one on his 18th birthday. I mean, it should not be that easy. It mm. should not be that easy to get one. Um, you know, and so that's absolutely where I stand at this point. It should not be something that you can just go grab on your 18th birthday. I mean, think about, think of operating a car and how long it takes us to get a license in this country. Mm -hmm. um, so why shouldn't, you know, something even more dangerous be, be the same thing? Um, I agree with you on, on, a, on a lot of things. Maybe I'm a little more lax with it. Um, I, I, as far as gun control, I think that we should have, it should be harder to get a gun than it is to get a, a driver's license. I think that there's, you know, background checks, waiting periods. Mm -hmm. We also have like gun show loopholes that are just absurd to me yeah. that are just like ridiculous. Yes, yes. And, and um, it's kind of weird because I, I, I think that there are guns that like if you wanted to keep a gun in your home for self-defense, like mm. I'm not opposed to that. Mm -hmm. I have family members. I my brother-in-law's family, it, their entire income, their family business is guns. They sell guns. Mm -hmm. their, their whole mm -hmm. thing is guns. And I totally get it. But I think even they would agree that guns are way too easy to, to get. Like, it is really easy. And depending on, you know, you don't even have to be a citizen of a certain state to get a gun permit. I From California, I could submit a, a licensing to get a gun from Florida just through the Internet. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Some of the, some of the laws are just mm -hmm. way too ridiculous, way too many loopholes and, like, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. Like if I really want to do a lot of harm, it's way too easy mm -hmm. right now. And I think that's where mm -hmm. the issue is. You know, there's absolutely that's kind of where I stand, where it's like this is it's it's ridiculous how 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 mass shootings have increased over this over mm -hmm. the you know the the we've had a mass shooter survivor on this podcast. Like, yeah, we had the we had a guy. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's like, yes. I know people that survive mass shootings now. And it's, I think it's only a matter of time till I get to know more people that have survived or not survived mass shootings. And I've been shot in the arm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, have you, have you really? Yeah. When I was eight years old, uh, um, I had to teach Jacob a lesson. Yeah. He pulled down my pants and shot me in the arm. I don't know what the purpose of him pulling down my pants was, but <laughs> I mean, he made me grab my ankles in for whatever reason. He shot me in the arm. No, uh, uh, longtime listeners know this story. And if you know me in my real life, um, 
you know, I, we were exiting. That This is the reason, too, why at this school uh, it is the the gate that used to let children out at this intersection is now blocked off is cemented over or whatever right because it's too, too weird but uh, at the corner of columbus and river boulevard at noble elementary uh there's you know a caddy corner from there there's a 7-eleven convenience store so they were letting all yeah. the children out of the gate that used to be there and at the same time that they were letting children out they uh there was a robbery in process at you know the the 7-Eleven. I did not know this. And so there were shots fired between, you know, the guy that was trying to rob the place and I believe the cashier at the time or whatever, right? And we don't know because it was the early 90s or whatever, like who, where, where the magic bullet hit me or whatever, right? Uh, but it it did hit me. Um, I At first, I was like, I, I, it was it was about this time. It was the end of the school year or whatnot. And I just thought like my arm had hit like, you know, the bus stop pole or whatever because it was just like super hot. And I was like, ah, fuck. And um this also probably goes into a future episode about medical like universal healthcare or whatever, but I was scared to tell my mom because I didn't want her to get pissed off because oh, she had no. to tell me she had to take me to the hospital. Cause I remember her saying like, you better not get hurt at school. Cause I don't have the money. That, well, I don't know why my mom has a hillbilly accent. She doesn't, but in this story, she does. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the, the money to take you to the hospital. So that was like ingrained in my head. Don't ever get hurt. Cause my mom doesn't have the money to take me to the hospital or whatever. Right. So I just remember like going to the bathroom when I got home and then like just like cleaning it off until it stopped bleeding or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, like you said, like Jesus, we've had him on. He survived a mass shooting mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. I've been right. shot. I've been shot at in my teenage years or whatever, just growing up, you know, in gang territory Gosh. and uh, the east side or whatever. But um, like you said, Renee, uh, you never want to infringe on anybody's right. That is the Second Amendment. And I think this is why states' rights is so important because here in California, and I've said this before, mm-hmm. yes. Um, if you have a gun like on the east side, like you're either like a drug dealer or a gangbanger or you know, a police officer or a former military or whatever, right? Like those are the categories you kind of like fall into, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think that like a gun's gonna do any good, like especially like when you're, you're supposed to have a gun like in a safe or whatever, and like you're in the midst of a deep sleep or whatever. And you're going to be like, hold on, let me get my, my combination ready, you know, because this guy's going to steal my plasma TV or whatever. Right. So I don't really think like in all honesty, you really need a gun to protect yourself necessarily, but I can see, like I had a cousin that moved to Montana who now lives in Idaho where he, he very much grew up the same way I did, where he was like, oh, fuck, what do I need a gun for? I'm not a drug dealer or a former military or police or whatever. Right. But when he moved to Montana, like, you're like in the middle of butt fuck nowhere, like for a paramedic to get to you or police or anything or whatever. Right. It's going to take a long fucking time. It's going to take like 30 minutes. It's like mm-hmm. he, 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 I think he told me that one time they had to call the cops for something and it took them an hour just because they were literally like the difference, the, the distance between magic mountain and where we're at right now, which is like an hour drive. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just like, you can see why you need a gun because like, help is not on the way immediately right and then he would talk about you know there's wildlife you have to get rid of like bears and cougars and shit like that so i can understand like if you live like somewhere out there like guns are a little a little bit more of a necessity but and you guys also both of you brought up the whole thing about cars where you know there are so many rules and regulations to cars like you have to have a seat belt now cars are required to have you know backup cameras and uh, uh-huh. I think there's something in the pipeline too, where like, you know, f- cameras now for the front or whatever. Right. And I'm totally for that. Like the safer, the better. And especially like when you become a parent, it's just like, fuck, man. I'm, I'm not by the way. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, 
the and we're told that driving is a privilege uh, but there's so many more regulations on mm-hmm. cars which to me i think in life no matter if you live in buttfuck montana or downtown la or east bakersfield or east la or fucking you know miami beach cars are more of a necessity than a gun is right like i think we can mm-hmm. all agree to that but there's far more regulations than there are for guns. And I think that's where it's just like, to me, like that's where it's just like, you can have a gun nut on here and they have their black belt about all the fucking statistics that favor them and whatnot. It kind of reminds me of one of my favorite podcasts. They talk about how like, like if you talk to conspiracy theorists about fucking, you know, flat earth, someone that's like dedicates their life to, you know, that the earth is flat or whatever. I mean, I don't believe in flat earth and I, I believe in science and astronauts and shit or whatever. Right. And it's probably bullshit that the earth is flat. But if you were to have like a flat earther in front of me, they'd probably like fucking submit my ass like in their argument or whatever. And that's how I kind of feel about like people who are like super <laughs> pro guns or whatever. Like they got their fucking black belt, like in like defending, you know, their their right to bear arms or whatever. Right. And the right to have an AR-15. And I just think to me, it's. It, it to me it's like almost like an idolatry situation where like you worship this one mm-hmm. tiny amendment of the the constitution because you you have this is where this is your hobby or whatever yeah. right like guns because it's fun i've shot guns before and it's fucking fun as shit there was a patreon i did with jesus where i talked about one of my cholo friends lent me it was like a 45 desert eagle or something or whatever right and I went to shoot it or whatever. My whole arm like went like, you know, almost blew off or whatever. Right. And I was shooting it into a tree stump and it was both the scariest and funnest experience in my life. And I can see how somebody gets addicted to that lifestyle, which is, again, super scary. Yeah. You know, really quickly. I, sorry. T- sorry. I'll, 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 you said a couple. You, that was that was like a mouthful there. Um, but I think. Shout out to Magic Mike. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Shout out to Magic Mike. Um <laughs> Uh, so one of the things that I think is one of the things that is is important, you know, we, we the 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 driver's license thing and the driving thing, it's a good parallel because I would compare, you know, being a responsible adult, and and I always talk about like having a a, a you know a contract with society that you know mm. you can't walk around with like even though we have a free country, I can't walk around with, like my dick sticking out, you know, like <laughs> you just can't do that. And I would say the same thing with, you know, if you're drinking and driving, that license can get right. taken away. Like it it can. Right. And and you don't really see that with things like if you beat your wife, that that gun is not taken away. Like if you are caught drinking and driving, that gun is not taken away. It's too easy to keep your gun. You know, if it, you know, that's that's an issue. Like that is an issue that can be solved right away. If but you can lose your right to vote. <laughs> but you can re- you lose your right to vote faster yeah. you lose your right to have a gun yeah and that is an issue like that is a full-on issue like you have to be a felon like you have to be a felon to have your gun taken away and that's pretty extreme like that's so down the line like that mm. it's just like damn dude you have to you have to be incarcerated like you have to do all these things and go through court and be convicted of felon and now we can take your gun away like it's like, dude, a dude that just like fucking like punched his wife and like had to spend the night in jail and like then was released. Like that dude gets to keep his gun. Like that's the that's one of the issues I have with guns. Mm-hmm. The other issue, and this is where I feel like it's too lax. And I not that I I'm opposed. I I am in favor of people in 
you know, in the United States, whatever state you want to feel in, if you feel the need to have a gun in your home, I think that that's that I do think that that is your right. But I do think that having like the ability and the, like the financial, like it's not not everybody that I know can financially afford to have a real safe. Like, and I'm talking about a real safe where mm-hmm. you can not everybody I know. Like, I know I have a I won't say his name. I was about to, I was this close to say his name. And I was Greg. like, no, I'm no, I wasn't going to say no. But the, but I was like that friend. I know he can't afford a safe, but he owns a gun. And it's like that fucking dude just puts in a fucking shoebox in his closet. And that it's not even like that he has kids or anything. I'm not worried about his like his roommate going in there and blowing his brains out or some shit. But I'm I'm worried about like if that dude's house gets broken into, that gun's now on the streets. Mm-hmm. And that happened to a friend yeah. that I had I went to high school with where he got his house like broken into and his dad's gun got taken. And I'm like, dude, that, that means that there's a fucking gun out there now. Yeah. Like, because that motherfucker mm-hmm. didn't want to put his gun in a real safe. And real safes, you're talking about like thousands, thousands of dollars, like real safes that are like going to be like bulletproof to get into, like real massive safes. And most people, most gun owners don't some gun owners. I don't want to say most. I would say it's almost 50 50 split whether they they go to those extremes. Some just put in a safe spot and like that's good enough. And it's like, is it good enough? I don't think so. But that's another issue. There's just there's just financial consequences with these things that are just like. It is expensive to, it should be expensive to mm-hmm. own a gun. Like it, sh- you should be required by law to have a safe, and I'm talking about a real safe place to put your gun. And like, and we just, I just, I just see these things that are just constant, like, you know, not, I mean, it's good enough. Like this is good enough. And a lot of it, you know, goes back down to the NRA. And I just feel like the NRA is just one of the, this is like the fucking like most evil corporation, not evil corporation, but evil Lobby. organization, lobbying organization. Mm-hmm. That is just like, how is this legal? How is lobbying legal? But that's a whole different conversation. But like, <laughs> like, but like, and that's probably why it's good that we have you on here. Cause I just feel like oh, dude, a lot of the things that the NRA does that are, are just, just feel evil and racist. Like once you trickle it down to their origins and yeah, you know, I, 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 as I was doing research for this, like I saw this thing, like Joe Rogan, of course, Joe Rogan talks about every single topic ever made, but he was on there and he had some dude on there. And they were talking about guns. And he was like, you know what? Like people don't realize that people in the NRA aren't the people committing these mass shootings. And people like need to understand that these are wackos that are out there. And this is a mental health crisis that's going on. And I was like, that's great. I'm so like, dude, you got a cookie for not being a mass shooter. But, People in the NRA have committed suicide by gun. People in the NRA have killed their wives by gun. And that's something like Joe Rogan just kind of blank. And most gun owners, most pro-gun people just blanket over that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I know that you had mentioned, like, if it wasn't for mass shootings, I probably this probably wouldn't be a topic. But the the statistically, like, white men commit suicide by gun so much higher than anyone else that it's just like there is something going on there whether you want to call it a gun issue or a mental health issue or both, it needs to be addressed. That's like, a thing too, um, where I think people live, and we talked about this on the Patreon, where people will dig their heel, heels too far in the sand and pick these teams that it is like, no, it's a gun issue. No, it's a mental health issue. And it's like, why can't it be a little bit of both? And what, and, and the reality is, 
Yeah. Most people don't. Even, it is both. Most people yeah. say say it's like you have conservatives now. Like that's a conservative talking point. There's a mental health issue. Blah 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 blah. They and don't care like, about mental. And health. it's like, dude, you don't care about mental health. You don't care about providing people with universal health care. You don't. You don't care about providing like teenagers that are you know when you're a teenager you're probably going through some of the most like volatile times in your life like mm-hmm. nobody's figured their life out and in, in their teenage years nobody figures out their life till like maybe like their early 30s where they're like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna fucking watch gone girl and eat pizza tonight <laughs> like <laughs> like like you know and then you don't care like all of a sudden you're just in your fucking jammies and you're like this is cool i guess i don't really care what my friends are doing anymore mm-hmm. but like when you're a teenager like like the kid in ubaldi like I think the reason why that one hurts so much, not only because we kill children, I have my niece and my nephew, my nephew's about to go into kindergarten. Yeah. My niece, the last day of school was just the other day. And it just, it broke my heart. Like to the point where I was like, damn, I don't want her to go to school anymore. I want her to just be homeschooled. Like it hurts. Mm-hmm. And like, but then at the same time, I was like, that kid looked like fucking me in high school. Like that was like mm-hmm. me in high school. It was like a Mexican kid with like probably had like first generation kid who had Spanish speaking parents who probably didn't feel like he fit in mm-hmm. to society and just like just was driven yeah. down this bad path. And I just, you know, for me, it's like I had like fucking like Marilyn Manson and Slayer, like things like, like that would help me like feel better about my day. But that kid probably didn't have that. He probably didn't have those like friends, those outlets. I had a good family structure. I had things I had sisters that I looked up to. He probably didn't have that shit. And like that was, you know, probably the breaking point. And I guarantee you nobody was there for him. Like, you know, but be- probably because the school was underfunded, probably because nobody mm-hmm. was investing in mental health at his school. Nobody cared about it. It's very little to go around. Well, and he's just one of thousands of kids that that school system probably has to just take care of and worry about him till he gets out of high school. And that's an issue too. I mean, that's all in the same issue. And it all kind of trickles down to, you know, we have this kind of like weird voodoo economic thing where like Reaganomics is still kind of fucking things over and it'll trickle down to him eventually. But like, <laughs> we gotta take care of Elon Musk first. Yeah, okay? It didn't because we don't, we, you know, Elon Musk wants to go to space and buy Twitter right now. <laughs> I don't he know. already bought Twitter. Yeah. Oh, he I did. Think. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I have so many thoughts. It's hard not to get emotional over it because I do have, as I shared with you earlier, I have a five year old daughter i call her my daughter um she's my niece and i don't want to send her to school either and to me you you mentioned this social contract art and it's i think that's so critical to understand because you know thinking about anything like healthcare, covid my health is only as good as the person next to me because you know i catch covid from them and if they're not being safe and cared for then you know, we have, it, it's, it's about protecting humanity. Um, and to me, having guns does not exceed someone's life, um, you know? And so I know that people use them to protect themselves. There's actually some data that suggests that if you have a gun in your house to protect yourself, it's more likely to be used against you. Correct. Um, so, I mean, I don't, my... I just don't think, you know, there are so many five-year-olds that have been killed. Sandy Hook, um, Uvalde, like they're just, they're just babies. And to me, owning a gun is not worth that sacrifice. And I'm sure there's a lot of arguments in between doesn't have to be one or the other. 
But to me, if giving up guns means that we're going to have safer schools, and I'm not, I'm not saying you'd be exempt from violence. I'm sure if there are really people that want to hurt people, they might find a way to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, not with an AR-15 that kills multiple people at once, you know, yeah. um, violent, violence happens in other countries, of course, but it happens with knives and other things. That's not to say people don't get murdered or killed, but it happens much slower. We could save more lives. Um, and so to me, again, I think it, it, at the end of the day, it goes back to this argument and saving one person's life is completely worth it, especially a child's like someone who's literally just opening their eyes and exploring the world. And it just breaks my heart so much thinking of my Aviana and not wanting to send her to school. And this is a time, the most important time they need to be with their peers. And, you know, there's social emotional development happening and it's just, it's just hard. It's like, do you want to keep them safe? Do you want them to lose out on this social emotional development? I don't know. It's a conversation we've had at home, keeping my niece at home. And I don't know, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't. And it's just, it's so emotional. It makes me as, as it does many other people, it makes me very sad. I think, you know, I lived in El Paso where um, there was a mass shooting that happened and the gentleman went specifically to a Walmart where there are many people from Mexico that shop. Um, And he went to kill Mexicans. He went to kill brown people. It should not have been that easy for him to do so. And so um, it is, I, sometimes I don't have words to express my, my feelings, the loss. Like, how did this happen again? Um, and, you know, the pandemic has made it a lot more challenging. There's other data that suggests that, that this is happening more now that we're I don't say we're out of the pandemic, but now I would I would think we're on the the, the other end of it, the and... tail end of it, and and there's data that's suggesting that it's that it's increasing. I don't know why. I think it's too early to say why, but oh, it's just it's terrifying. Yeah, and uh, we got the message from Zoom that we have ten more minutes, and then I'll, I'll send you another <laughs> link to get back in. Okay. Whatever. I hate it because fuck, we're having such a good conversation, but. You mentioned the whole thing with the AR-15, and I think this is where it, it sucks because I was having organically this week a conversation with uh, this older gentleman at the gym who's a former correctionals officer, and I don't know mm. how we landed on this topic, but I mean, he's a very conservative dude. Like, don't get me wrong. With, mm-hmm. like A lot of things he said. I um, wonder if it was my dad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But um, he he was talking about like how we don't need to have regular everyday citizens be able to go into a store and purchase an AR-15. Nobody needs to kill at that rate, even if you're in buttfuck Montana or Idaho or whatever, right? And he says, you don't need that to protect your family because the chances are if somebody's going in to steal your plasma TV or whatever, like those bullets, the the power behind, you know, that gun and the, the rate it fires and whatnot, you're more likely to kill your neighbor, your neighbor's kid, uh, your dog, your 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 neighbor's cat or hamster. Like, I mean, we were kind of jovial about the conversation or whatever, but he was like, no. And then or property damage or whatever. You're more likely to have more to deal with more shit than you are to be able to save it. And including, you know, the the robber or whatnot. Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why do you need that? 
the only people that need that are people that are you know over there trying to fight wars with isis or the russians or some shit or whatever those that's why those guns were created so why are we allowing 18 year old kids access to that or not even 18 year olds it can be a 35 year old you know struggling with mental health why do we have that and it is because of the NRA. The NRA, they 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 want these gun corporations to succeed, and that's where I have a problem. Where it's where we're putting profit over life, and then hiding behind oh, but it's our right. But in the Bill of Rights, the okay. first right that you're guaranteed is life, and an AR-15 <laughs> is a fucking mechanism of death. And so to me, like when I hear people say, well, it's my right, it's my right, it's my right. But I also have a right to life. And so does my fucking two year old Mm -hmm. kid. And I challenge anyone, anyone that thinks that their gun ownership, their AR-15 is more important. Fucking see me at fucking gutter park and I'll fucking pop you in your fucking mouth. If you think your fucking gun is worth more than my life or my kid's life, because I shouldn't have to fucking make that fucking gamble, you know, with my kid, whether or not I want to send him to school because your gun right is more important than his yeah. little life. And I fucking, I swear I to God, I'll fucking pop you in your fucking mouth if you think your gun's more important than my kid. Yeah, dude, that's a that's like a Navy SEAL gun, dude. Most people don't have that training <laughs> mm-hmm. for to, to operate that. Like, and that's what he said. He goes, as a correctional officer, I was fucking terrified to fucking shoot that because he said he had to shoot that gun. He goes, I don't want to shoot that. Like, there's no reason for me to the, shoot that. The, those are guns like meant to go into combat, like real combat. That's not like something you just shoot at some dude trying to like, break your catalytic converter dude like you know some like shit like that where it's like it's not meant for that dude like you don't need more than like a fucking i don't know dude you could get like a hunting rifle it's like the the reality is like home security like more more people are afraid to break into homes that have like those like like little things in their lawn those rings adt detectors or whatever like you know like on their front lawn then they are you know i'm sure i mean i'm sure if you had a thing that said like same thing but protected with guns maybe people wouldn't break in mm. but it's like the reality is like most people don't ever encounter something like that in their entire lives like like and they end up like blowing their brains out cleaning their gun or whatever <laughs> like like yeah. the training the training that is required to own a gun like that is like almost the exact same as a fucking revolver and it's like the two guns are not the same no, thing they're not. and that is one right. of the issues that is just like i I totally get why someone would want a hunting rifle or a shotgun or a revolver. Like, I, I, I get that. Like, if you like going hunting and if you like doing this, even though I, I think some of these things are like unethical, like that's a whole different conversation. But yeah. I still understand if you want to have those things in your home, right? If you want to feel like, you know, dirt, dirty, hairy, because you want a revolver in your home <laughs> and protect your wife and kids. And maybe you're just old school and you grew up on those types of movies. Mm. A revolver isn't going to do the damage that happened in Uvalde. Like, it just isn't. Like, yeah. like it just does not. It, it's, I feel like it's more perfect for home, like, for home protection because it's a one shot and it's loud and it, that's it. That motherfucking, like, semi automatic or fully automatic weapon is like blowing out rounds, like, at a ridiculous rate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know people <laughs> that have guns like those. And it's just like, why like going to go shoot at cans in the middle of nowhere is not training for this no like in no way is a fucking burglar ever going to be standing there in the middle not moving and the lights are going to be on and bright and everything's going to be perfect every scenario is perfect for you to shoot in the middle of nowhere with your fucking training goggles on and your earmuffs so you don't get scared it's like that scenario is never going to happen that is not how navy seals train that is not how this scenario 
Like you look, I know people that are in, in like a Bakersfield SWAT situation that the work for the Bakersfield SWAT police, they train constantly to be in these scenarios to understand what like a hostage situation looks like. And it never looks like that. Like, yeah. it, like, and these people are just like, I'm going to wake up at three in the morning and find out I'm going to pull it out. And like, it's just out of my it, safe. Yeah. It's like, it's never going to, it's never going to work out, dude. It's not going to go well. And it's just like, um, and I'm sure we're going to run out of time here. So I don't want to get too far into it because I do have one thing I want to, I want to bring up. You got two minutes and 52 seconds. And I'll, I'll pose the question now and then we'll answer it when Renee comes back. But one of the other conservative okay. talking points that comes up a lot is the good guy with the gun is the guy that's going to stop a bad guy with the gun. And we saw that in Uvalde to not only not be true, but also Buffalo as well. Yeah. It's like nobody, there were tons of dudes outside with good guys with the gun. They were just, were not doing anything in Texas where everybody owns a gun. Yeah. Well. And it's just like, it was an off duty dude that had to go in there and just be like, I'm fucking scared for my kid. I'm going in there. I don't care what's happening. And like, you know, no. thank God that he did that because like the, the casualties could have been higher. But there were good guys, trained good guys outside of the school that just were not doing anything, possibly because they were following protocol, possibly because they wanted more information. They wanted to know if, they, you know, there's I don't want to throw too much judgment around uh, out there on that. But mm -hmm. I do want to say, like, we've seen that not only like not to be true, like those situations like i was just saying like there's so much training that goes into those scenarios that all of a sudden some fucking dude that's carrying is like like <laughs> this uh sealed and what is it called when uh cca yeah the the concealed care concealed and carry weapon or whatever yeah, it's like uh -huh. that dude's gonna fucking solve his like fucking rambo situation now like it ain't gonna happen like how do you tell the difference between a good guy and a bad guy how do you even tell that yeah. like the kid just looked like a kid. Like at this point, you're going to go back to like those like racist laws that they had in New York where it was, um, mm. what, what was that law that they had where it's like, it was basically like if you saw someone stop suspicious, frisk. stop oh. and frisk, where they were like, stop. It was basically they were stopping young black men and going like, why right. are you here? And it's like, that's essentially, or they even have the, uh, the stand your ground laws and shit like that. They're just super fucking dangerous, dude. Like, and when you say that, you know, good guy with a gun. Well, how do you know if the other good guy, <laughs> is a good guy or not and then you just shot one of the right. good guys when you thought he was a bad guy because he was brown or black or yeah. or even fucking yeah, you know, I think like that's a, a, a it's a racist argument yeah or even a lower class white person yeah. yeah a lower a class white that. person <laughs> a redneck yeah. anyways we got one minute left i'm gonna re-invite okay. Renee, and we're gonna continue we'll this see, you okay. see you on the other side see you on the other side Okay, so like you were saying, you hate white people because of... I didn't say that. <laughs> but what's the number one thing, white people? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, anyways... Yeah, I think I think there's another thing uh, um, here. I forgot your question, Art. <laughs> the, the, what's the, the number one thing that annoys you about? <laughs> yeah. No, not that one. The question you left off on is, you know, there's this debate of good guys versus bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Good guy with the gun. I think I think it's a racist one. I mean, we've also seen police 
then again, not all police, but police use their gun, um, you know, wrongfully or unlawfully to kill people of color. And so um, I think that, you know, it's, it's more of like a good person with a gun is typically someone that people would say is white or, you know, that's the mm-hmm. argument being made. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yes. I mean, that's also awful. One of the things I, I wanted to definitely bring up and talk about are, I think you alluded to it earlier is like, so there was the study done and they were trying to figure out what are the similarities, you know, because the majority of people who are uh, mass shooters are white men, although we've seen different recently, but that's the majority. But another thing that they have in common is that they all really hate women. And right before the shooting, they will typically, you know, hurt or kill their mothers, grandmothers, sisters, daughters, whatever it is. And so I think this is, you know, an even bigger problem um, of violence toward people who have less power. You know, women, as much as I wish it weren't true, we have less power than, than men do. Brown people have less power than those who are white, you know. And so it's just, it's just a, a statement that is true. There's no, there's no arguments against, or maybe there is, but in my mind, there are no arguments against that. And so it's, you know, this mass, mass shooters going on and killing their grandmas or, you know, I think the grandma that the Uvalde shooter shot actually survived. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just, that's devastating too. Thinking about how little children, women, brown people, black people are valued in this country. Um, And I think that's why a big part of how the NRA continues to exist. And I remember growing up, my grandma would always tell me, money is the root of all evil. And I never really understood that. Like, I I mean, I I heard her, but I never understood it. And she would tell me, her dad would tell her that money is the root of all evil. And I get it now. Like, there's so much money that's being profited off of guns. And that's, it's pure evil, because what's happening is that children, brown people, black people, women, you know, uh, black trans women are dying. And so, it's just the whole thing is just completely devastating and heartbreaking. And I don't know the solution. I think one of the solutions, Oh, I do know the solution. I think one of the solutions would be to be stricter, um, you know, more regulations, of course, but also invest in mental health and mental health earlier. This, this Uvalde shooter. Um, it's, I mean, there was a video I saw where students that went to school with him said otherwise. So I don't know what's true, obviously, but they, he said he, he was very bullied. And, you know, if there could have been some kind of intervention earlier, I mean, we just need more money in education, we need more money for mental health, we need to restrict, um, you know, who can have access to guns, who can have access to AR-15s. The, when the Second Amendment was written, I mean, we had muskets, <laughs> we didn't have <laughs> AR-15s. We were packing a musket. And- and we were yeah, dealing I with mean, a situation where, like, the king of England, you know, yeah. wanted to retake us or whatever, like Putin with fucking Ukraine. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like we were like, dealing with a whole different fucking uh, uh, bag of beans. And so it's just like, I, I don't know how this turned into, like, okay, you got to defend your family. Like, the queen of England's not going to do shit to us, you know, fucking, no matter how bad, how many bad hombres fucking, you know, yeah. that are coming oh over or whatever that, that's another thing okay just really quickly that's you, you're you said something right now and you said something right now and it all kind of links together when this news first broke out 
the news broke out that it was like an immigrant kid. Like it was like this oh, kid yeah. was an illegal yeah. immigrant and we got to do something. We got to shut down the borders. And, and then the they fucking, found out right. he wasn't an illegal immigrant. And it was like, well, we talk about like mental health and probably having just <laughs> one door. What if schools only had one door and we had an armed police officer at that one door? It's like a man trap. It's like, oh, really? Like that. Now we have other solutions. Now we're not shutting down the borders. It's like, come mm. on, dude. It's like, why not just have stronger restriction restrictions yeah. <laughs> instead of like you know like it's so hard politics are so hard so, so what, what so talk to me like i'm dumb here but <laughs> what do you guys know about the nra like what what, what is what is what are your guys's views on the nra because i think we can't have this conversation without talking about the nra the exactly. nra is a big monster in, in this whole thing or the big figure in the whole thing not uh, the first thing that comes to mind is like Charleston Heston with that famous <laughs> yeah, piece, like from my cold dead hand, and like that always I is actually, like, yeah, like I that's actually, not the team I want to roll with. I just went to Sacramento to visit friends last weekend, and when I was driving there, this guy had a bumper sticker that said, "Charles, what is his name? Charlton or Charleston? Charleston Heston? <laughs> it's Carlton, Carlton, <laughs> Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's Charlton. Charlton, yeah. Char- Char- okay. Charleston Heston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say his name now. Uh, we'll just call him Charlitos. He's Chicharito. Well, yeah, Mr. Heston. It said, <laughs> Charlton Heston is my president. And I was like, what the heck? This guy was an actor. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what do I know about the NRA? I just, you know, I've seen all those documentaries and I feel like there's a lot to learn, but I do know that they... You know, they pay our government officials a lot of money to be laxer mm. on legislation. You can go, that's public information. You can go and look that up. Like, it's funny how, ah. I mean, it's it's funny how a lot of the, the politicians that are paid by the NRA after this last mass shooting came out, none of them had anything but their thoughts and prayers. Nobody wanted to say anything. And I think at this point, I think it's become cliche that you hear that every time and people are getting sick and tired of it. You know, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors came out and said, like, I'm tired oh, that of the. Was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it actually just made me like really. Emo- As I said, I got like really emotional because I saw the passion in, in like his voice and all that. Because his dad and, died of uh, guns. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's just like, oh, wow. you, you, you just you're I think most people are just tired of it. Like they're just tired. They don't want to they don't want to hear the thoughts and prayers like we're past that. And you go back to these like Ted Cruz dudes that are just, mm-hmm. you know, even even a dude like Mitt Romney, who I think is like. He's still a decent human, but at the same mm-hmm. time, this issue comes he's up. He's made and it's a like, tremendous amount of money. He's made he's the so highest, money. yeah, thirteen point yes. six million dollars from the NRA. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I, you know, I've, I've, I don't want to say I've come on here and defended him, but I do think he's like a decent human being, and I think because he's such a like, I don't want to say he's a middle of the road kind of guy, but he's never a dude that goes full on in the how much pro Trump or like we need to like you know he's never been yeah. that guy, and those that to me is a troubling thing about the NRA, like the McRobney kind of Republicans, because I feel like those are the ones that are, it's important to have dialogues with those types of people because I feel like he's a rational dude, but he's not doing anything. And I think like money is playing a part in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the scary thing about it. It's like, dude, money has like forgot your morals are out the door. Now that money is like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. more important because it's important to note that these senators, these representatives or whatever, right they're always inter- re-interviewing for their job. It's not like they get elected and then they're just there forever or whatever. No, like right. they're there and they need campaign funds constantly. 
And mm-hmm. if fucking, you know, the NRA is like, we'll bankroll you if you fucking, you know, relax on this. And we see this like with the energy, you know, industry, you know, the oil mm-hmm. industry, whatever, oil, big oil mm-hmm. uh, the big pharma. All, I mean, and it's both sides, too. Like, I know we're going to pick mm-hmm. on you know, the conservatives and the Republicans a lot on this episode. It is both sides or whatever. Like, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. But the issue at hand, you know, the big public health crisis that we're dealing with now is fucking, you know, gun control and nothing's being done about it because the NRA who, you know, formed their law, you know, they, they've been in a fucking thing, you know, for a fucking 100, 100 plus years or whatever. But when they actually formed their lobby in 1975, they started influencing politicians. And I think like in 96, uh-huh. they introduced a little, something called the Dickey Amendment yeah. that uh, that bans the CDC from researching yeah. gun, gun statistics, you cannot, period. You cannot get grant money to do research with to investigate gun violence. Mm-hmm. You cannot get it. That's why there's such little research. I mean, this has been happening, I think, since the 70s. Mm-hmm. It's taken off, you know, since Columbine in 99. But you can't. Yeah, that's why we know so so little about it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. like we're getting it from all directions. Like we're being forced to not know anything about it. We know very little. I mean, we know more now than we did in 1970. But still, we don't know. You know, it's not someone that just goes postal one day. I think that's something that we've learned too. It's uh, a lot of these shootings have been premeditated, and the the shooters have been thoughtful about who they want to shoot and where they want to go and why they want to do it. I mean, the guy in, who shot in an El Paso Walmart wrote a manifesto. This isn't something you know. Everyone says, "Oh, this bad guy just got really mad this one day." No, this is something that has evolved over time, and so I just think. The NRA has a lot of blood on their hands and it's, I just wish, you know, I go back to the money part. My grandma was so right. I think about that all the time. Like money, money, it goes, Mitt Romney is money. You know, we think of him, I think of him as a, as a good Republican too. And there are good Democrats, bad Democrats, good Republicans, bad Republicans, anywhere you go, any office you go, any place there's going to be good and bad people it's not just limited to one side there's good people at burger king there's bad people at burger king like let's not get it twisted baby but um it is important to note that how powerful the nra is is they spend a quarter of a billion dollars more a quarter of a billion dollars more than any other lobby in this country quarter of a billion dollars more than any other fucking lobby. That's a fucking heavy chunk of change to influence half of mm-hmm. Congress. Yeah. Our lawmakers who don't have term limits so they can continuously bankroll their fucking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, their policy making. A lot of their policies are even, I brought this up to Art one time on one of our past Patreons that uh, there there is corporations that will, pr- like there's people within those corporations that, pre-write bills they're not lawmakers but they will they will pre-write the oh, bill yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. and all they have to do is just have mm-hmm. like you know richard burr or thomas tillis or whatever fucking just sign the fucking dotted line or pass that through fucking congress or whatever and they're fucking writing policies for this country's corporations and lobbies are writing policies for our policy makers and it's all like you said the root of all evil money is the incentive and we talk about a lot of fucking crazy conspiracies or whatever conspiracy theories or whatever but this is conspiracy fact there is a conspiracy to fucking manipulate the laws of our country 
isn't it also kind of strange that like not only do they spend money directly to politicians to have these laws pass in their favor, but there's always like all these talking points and you probably hear them like the Fox News talking points and you hear all these things as I was doing. I want to say I was doing a ton of research on this, but, you know, I would go on YouTube and I would look up, you know, like the John Oliver episode. We talks about the Dickey Act and all these things. And, you know, it was always like, you know, a video or two down the line, it would be like, you know, that Joe Rogan episode where he has some dude that's like pro guns on there. And then he had some other dude that was on there and he was talking about like, you know, these mass shootings are terrible, but, you know, we still ride planes, even though planes go down every once in a while. And, play- and it's like I was thinking about that and I was like, dude, that's such I, I guarantee you that's like a NRA talking point because it's like. Even if you did that correlation right between like planes going down and like we still ride planes. Like if one airline, like if American airline kept crashing over and over and over, people would stop riding American airline. And that's kind of what's going on here. Well, it's like, And there'd be government legislation to see what's yeah. going on. The regulation <laughs> we had two, airline. <laughs> we had two airplanes crash into the fucking world trade center. And they, we fucking redid our fucking whole airline industry. TSA yeah. wasn't even a thing pre nine 11. Now it's this big thing. Exactly. Some dude tried to blow up a plane, like the, the, the shoe bomber guy, mm-hmm. like, now we got to take our shoes off every time mm-hmm. we go on a plane because they need to right. make sure we don't have shoe bombs on there or pay yeah. a fucking premium, a pay, pay for pre-check so you don't have to take off your shoes. And it's just like there's like no fly list now. Like there's all this shit. Like you get pulled aside. You look kind of weird. Yeah. You 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 look kind of brown skin. You got to get checked. And it's uh, like like now there's so many so many like checks that have to happen before you can get on a plane. All this stuff. We don't even we one thing happened like way back in the day was like that one time and everything changed guns. Mm-hmm. It's like constantly. It's like, ah, you know what? Ah, mm-hmm. He was playing Grand Theft Auto too much. So why don't we look at the Grand Theft Auto and that he, part? He yeah. did listen to Eminem one time. So that Eminem <laughs> is uh, and it's like, come on, dude. Like it just it makes no sense. They're just all these weird talking points and like, yeah, but what about this? And like, you know, like and you know, we're talking about mass shootings a lot. We're kind of focusing on mass shootings. Right. The yeah. the number of suicide by gun is a huge, it's a whole nother number. Especially it's like, for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And men, it's super high with suicide. That's the number one way that men kill themselves is suicide by gun. Right. And it's, it's one of the things that's rarely ever talked about. We don't talk about it because it's, you know, it's not as, tr- you know, massively tragic as children dying. But like when I first met my girlfriend, her her uh, nephew who had just turned, I think he had just turned like 18 or 19, like committed suicide. Like basically like, you know, shot himself in the head and like, you know, he's super young and like, you know, it's one of those things that you wish you could go back and be like, dude, like you're so young. Like you have the rest of your life ahead of you, but guns have this like finality to them. Like the survival rate of a a gun to your head is super low. Like you're probably not going to survive that. Um, And that's the thing that makes it so scary. It's like, suicide rate super high and it's just not one of the things that we talk about when we talk about guns obviously people always go like well what about all these black people in chicago killing each other like what's up with that like maybe it's a cultural thing like that's a whole different argument but like the suicide thing is like that's probably why mental health should be like investigated more and like looked into more and it isn't we talk about it and they throw it in there like that's the problem not guns but it's like you know the uh, the American health industry also has lobbyists yeah. that don't want <laughs> like they have their own lobbyists. A different, that will... a different podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think you know if that's the issue, then they need to send money over to you know further help and aid 
in people and their mental health issues. So that way they feel better. You know, when you go to, when you get sick, if you have a tummy ache or something, you go to the doctor. So, you know, why I, I wish there were resources for people when they feel mentally unwell to be able to do that too and to be able to talk about it. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing Jacob said, it, it really stood out like, uh, and I forget how you worded it, but I was thinking of Sasha Baron Cohen, I Am America, or I forget, I forget the name of it. But he goes and he actually gets people like Matt Gates and other lawmakers to make this like legislation where like four-year-olds and five-year-olds can have these like Uzis or is that what they're called as like little Uzi guns or whatever. Oh yeah. And yeah. it just yeah, and it's just like un- and it's you laugh because you don't know what else to do. It's like is this really happening? And he's like, yeah, you you got these lawmakers to pass this law, to sign off on this law that would make it okay for four and five-year-olds to to have guns. And so it sounds comical even saying it out loud, but that's... That happened. That happened. And so just, yeah, (laughs) there needs to be, there needs to be more restrictions. And what you were saying, Art, about, you know, we're focusing on mass shootings, that's just what recently happened yeah, yeah but there's a ton of ways we can talk about this there's you know suicide and and typically men commit um you know women and men commit suicide but men when they commit suicide it's typically something like very gruesome mm-hmm. so like, like hanging themselves or shooting themselves with a gun and women usually take pills and things like that something that's less like bloody or less of a scene but the other way you can think about it or one of the other ways i think about it is because you know i'm a person of color um, is being shot by police. And I know that there are people who are trained to, um, which is great. I'm so glad that they're trained. But even in my opinion, there are other things that they could have, like teasing people. And again, I'm not a cop. I've never been one. I don't know what it's like to face violence or to be in that scary of a situation, you know, face to face. I don't know what that's like. But to me, it seems that there are other ways instead of having guns to be able to stop someone, you know, to be able to um, make sure that the environment is safe instead of just, you know, killing black and brown men and women. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's tons of ways that this topic can be discussed. I mean, any angle you look at it, in my opinion, is a negative one and a scary one. And I think too, like when you you mentioned the whole, uh, you know, cops, you know, that, that was a big thing in 2020 now taking a back burner mm-hmm. now to the, the mass shooting thing. And I think the, the, the phrase defund the police is like one of the worst marketing uh, fucking yeah. tactics of yeah. all time. Because like when we're talking, when most people say defund the police, I mean, there is a fringe group that want to abolish police altogether. I'm not with that, but when you talk about defunding police, it's more or less like let's allocate the resources to right. other so, other other things like mental health evaluation having social workers on site or instead of having the police just be the fucking uh you know be all end all for all of our problems or whatever right that's what they're forced to do so they're they're forced to be already go into 10 situations already high stress mm-hmm. already high um overworked and they're going to make poor decisions and they're going to create those situations in their head where they're always in fear for their lives or whatever. So that's what you're going to get is that, Oh fuck. If you're always sending me into these situations, 
like everybody's the bad guy or whatever, which is not always true. Most of these police, like they didn't, you know, go to school to be psychologists, to be able to recognize that, oh, this person is suffering from a mental health meltdown or something, you know, there's a million different things or whatever. And that to me, like that keeps going back to like, how are we allocating our resources? It's so easy to be like, well, we got to give the cops bigger and better guns to fight the bigger and better guns that are out there in society or whatever. And it's just like, how about like we have more, how about we, I'm all for supporting the police by taking the load off of their shoulders because it, to me, I mean, being a government working for the government, I do feel like Mm -hmm. it's easier just to say, well, just give them more responsibility or whatever. Right. And when you add more responsibility to, to quote, you know, uh, Bilbo Baggins from fucking Lord of the Rings, it's like butter spread over too much toast. It's like, (laughs) you're going to have a fucking horrible fucking police force when that happens. Right. And I say that in jest, but it's fucking true. They're kind of underfunded and undertrained as it is right now, especially undertrained. Right. Like they're like finding like the 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 uh the requirements to like how to become a police officer have like gone down over time. Mm-hmm. And like because they're having trouble finding recruits. So like all of a sudden it's like, you know what? If like it used to be like you had no medical conditions, like you had to come in and be like tip top shape, no like high blood pressure, none of that. Now it's like, uh, you know, we can kind of work with you. It's like, oh, you had, you know, it's just like now it's like the, the train requirements are so lax. And you're absolutely just- right. There's somebody and I won't put them on blast or whatever that suffers from sucking suicidal thoughts. that just got hired by BPD that I know personally. That's and it's terrible, just like, man. And that's fucking terrifying to know that he's out there or whatever. Right. You, you know, what's another thing. And this is like the whole mental health crisis thing. I think the majority of people that have like mental health issues don't seek out mental health until they have like, you know, what most people would consider a break. Oh, yeah. And, and and i think i i've talked to we talk about mental health all the time on here i've talked to you about it where it's like you know for a long time i felt like pretty off like something was just not right i just didn't really feel synced in maybe it tied into being a teenager and maybe why i saw that kid in ubaldi and i was like i, I see a little bit of myself in that in a terrible absolutely terrible way i see the 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 feeling inadequate and feeling not part of society in what he saw probably what he saw himself in that in myself even as an adult and it took many many years of like feeling this anxiety and depression to the point where i was like you know during the recordings of this podcast where i was like you know i just you know i need time off from this podcast and actually seeking like professional help and all this stuff most people don't don't have like you know the resources and the family behind them you know or like financially you know what i had to go see the therapist and spend time week after week doing this to the point where like i'm you know making healthier choices and feeling better you know mentally um with myself most people don't have that resource or don't have the support family support whatever it may be that that i had or whatever you know like and that's especially brown and black people yeah and that's That's really now i just think it's really tough like there is a stigma and I've talked to Jacob about this. So like black and brown men, no way mm-hmm. you could ever ask for help. Like black and brown men always, you just have to suck it up. Cause it's like, you just have to bury those feelings and sadness and depression and anxiety. That is like not a feeling you feel dude. Cause you are the, that machismo feeling or whatever. Like you just have to carry that. And like, okay. it just, it took many years of like it building up inside of me to the point where I was like, dude, I'm like having like anxiety attacks. Like, hospitalized and all this shit and like just not doing well <laughs> and like i mean i'm glad i did and i have a really supportive family but most people don't have that and that's really scary because it's like 
that is the shit that like leads down dark roads and like and like i just feel like society doesn't allow that for for black and brown men and white men too like white men have you know like like i said the highest suicide rate is white men by gun so it's like there's something going on there and maybe it's a mental health issue and we need to invest way more into mental health or just health in general because we also have like a really unhealthy country yeah but like like we don't we just choose not to we choose to believe that we have the best healthcare in the in the world and we have the best police in the world and everything's good and if you say anything again you're anti-american you're anti this and it's like that's not the reality it's like you constantly have to be seeking you know a better product and we are just not there we've stopped like somewhere around like the 1950s like we just said like it's good enough and we're good and we don't need to supply you with anything else dude Mm -hmm. like Pick yourself yeah, up maybe, by your bootstraps. And then it like doubled down when <laughs> Ronald Reagan became with joint, you know, got in office because Ronald Reagan made it sound like anything negative you say about the United States, like you're a fucking commie, dude. Cause like mm-hmm. we're good enough right now, dude. Like, like you gotta be white and own a gun. And if you're not that, like pff, something weird's going on here. Yeah. And it's sad, and it's scary. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I've talked to you. I think I think having this conversation about gun, you know, guns is so American. And so when you speak out against it, it does make you feel anti-American. And that's not the case. You know, you can love something and also want it to change. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I guess I don't have I've never lived anywhere else, but you know, I do I love it here. I've never been more proud to be an American than when I was saying the Pledge of Allegiance next to Bernie Sanders. And I was just like, wow, this is what a show off. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is like, so, like, I felt, I felt it like this sense of patriotism. But I think where it gets lost is exactly what you're saying. Art. Like, if you speak out against these things, police brutality, um, gun violence, um, anything that's so tied with being um, happening in America you know, you're, you get called a, my dad often calls me a socialist, a socialist, or you get called anti-American. And that's not the case. You can love something and want it to be better and safer for everyone. It kind of reminds me of like, um, I'll just say it. I like my mom, she really was in love with, uh, this televangelist family, like the, the crouches, uh, they founded TBN, which is, uh, the Trinity broadcasting network. Right. So it was like the channel for all the televangelists to be, but like the, the, the CEOs or whatever were the, were Jan and Paul crouch. And when we were doing the televangelist episode, a few episodes back and whatnot, um, there was a situation where I think the granddaughter, like she was being, you know, sexually assaulted by, you know, somebody in the church as well as somebody in the family. And when she went to Jan, oh you know, the matri- matriarch of the family, she goes, you don't ever tell anybody about this. And, you know, no, this never happened to you. And, you know, this would be awful for our family and everything we worked so hard to build or whatever, as opposed to, addressing the issue and the you know making it better for your grandchild or whatever right like no it was about like you know the the fucking you know the the tv station and you know i I believe it was like an uncle or something like that like no he's gonna carry the torch for us and we can't have this be a stain on our record or whatever and i feel like that's what it is you know with like 
all of these things that you just brought up with like police brutality, you know, mass shootings, you know, mental health or whatever, right. It goes against like that John Wayne image that, you know, some, some Americans think like any, any, any critique of America, anything that any way that we do business is a personal attack on them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and it's like, no, there's, there's, they think they're thinking about it in the bigger picture, but it's just like, no, like you're creating bigger problems. Like when you ignore these things, you know, like, and and to me, it's just like, I hate, I hate that mentality, you know, because it's just like, you're doing more harm than good. How do you, how do you solve these issues? You address them, you know, the correct way, you know, like you talk about them. Yeah. 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 I, I think it all goes back to just talking. Like, yeah, I was thinking about as you were saying. I was like, I have this mm-hmm. super conservative coworker, and one time we were just talking. Right, he doesn't know. I never talk politics at work or anything like that. But he, I was just talking to him one time, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, it's kind of fucked up that like people work their whole lives, right? And like, like you know, if you fucking like need some like kind of medical attention, like oh, you, it could bankrupt you. Like it could, it could damage you like if you're not ready for these types of things and i always think like it's so mm-hmm. fucked up like that like you have to like financially be ready in case you know like you end up having bad knees and i have to have surgery you're like if you get can- dude good luck getting cancer in america dude like you better be financially ready for that and i was telling him i was like dude it's like so un-american like we should we should support people that have been working their whole lives and like like when you retire you should not worry about any kind of medical issues or anything like that it should all be funded by the government and he was like dude you're right like he was just like he's like you should run for office man like you're yeah like you're saying like what well, is people in and office then, yeah and i was telling him i was like dude i was like i was like i didn't want to be like dude these are like i'm i'm essentially talking about universal health care i always think universal health care is like i always like to feel it out and be like where are you on universal health care because i think like if you're anti-universal health care we're probably going to be very on two different pages and like mm-hmm. and like at the end of the day, he was all like all for it. He was like, Oh, you're right, dude. Like, people should no one should have to worry about that shit. And mainly because he's an older dude and he's like, you could tell he's kind of having like health issues and like he's starting to now realize, like, fuck, like I gotta like really be ready in case like I can't work anymore. And like I gotta get a capital one yeah, card. It's like, oh this shit, like I better take a loan out or something, like yeah. <laughs> loan on my lung. I gotta talk to my <laughs> Chase Bank loan officer. Yeah, and it's just like and it's <laughs> like now that like you know. I think I think conversation is really important. I think that was like probably the first time he's ever had a conversation with someone who wasn't just like, yeah, no, I, th- I think Trump cares really good. And I'll fuck this shit. Like, I got good insurance. It don't matter, dude. Like and like and like most people like don't really have those conversations with people in like a non like argument kind of way, like like the gotcha kind of things where it's like, oh, well, this kind of thing. Like, did you ever see, read this article? And it's like, made you look like a fool. Like, you know, like that flat earth conversation mm-hmm. where like everyone's just trying to make each other look like fools kind of thing. And it's like, people don't really talk as like buddies or like people don't talk about it as like conversation. Like, you know what? I just, I believe I, this. And, and and people start seeing eye to eye a little more whenever it's not in this like hostile, angry kind of way. And it's like, mm-hmm. I think having conversations like that is super important. And I think that's, step one is solving it and also like i think how the fuck are people pro lobbyists like i don't understand that shit at all like i just like, get rid of that shit if it were up to me i'd get rid of political parties but like i'm a fucking weirdo like mm-hmm. um i just i don't I well the hear problem is like, 
Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. I, 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 I always just want to hear people's opinions. I don't care what your political party is. I don't care. Like Bernie Sanders seems so Green Party, like that. It's just like, dude. But he's like a Democrat. He's a registered Democrat, and it's like all these people. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to hear your opinions, like for who you are. I, I don't care about the label on it. I don't care about it. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. People are just people are so polarized, and that's the issue why they don't want to have conversations. I just went to this. Like, I don't even know what you would call it. A party is soiree. I say soiree because this, this soiree I went to, this person lived on 17 Mile Drive. And to give reference, this is where like Betty White lives and where like, um, what's his name? Had the house there. He's a popular Clint Eastwood. Oh, right. Like, right. really, 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 really wealthy people um, live here. It's like a million, billion dollar homes. So I go to this um, event and this gentleman is there who's older and he's saying these really interesting things. And he says, oh, well, you're a teacher, right? Teachers tend to be pretty liberal. So I don't think we're going to see eye to eye. So he stopped talking to me because I was a teacher and he assumed I was liberal. And I think that's the issue. Like, we're so afraid to talk to each other. We're so polarized. And so then I started talking to him. I like inch my way closer to him and he had these amazing ideas and we had this great conversation about education and finances and learning about you know as brown woman growing up I didn't learn anything about financial literacy or education and so he was teaching me all of these things and I think that's what we can get past that past our differences those are the kinds of courageous conversations we need to be having of course talking about financial literacy wasn't courageous but getting past that point of well you're very different than I you're a you know 90 year old very rich white man and I'm a younger brown Latino who's not very rich like once we got past that then everything then we you know we started to teach each other things and it's just like I think the question is how do we get past that because some people will not even like me and my dad cannot I keep talking about him he's He's a Hispanic male in his late 50s who was in the military and then a correctional officer after. So he's seen some really bad things and he's seen certain groups do really bad things and his lived experiences are much different than mine. So our perspectives are very different. He's a Trump supporter. I am, you know, very much against Trump. Um, But, you know, in thinking about it, he raised me and he taught me to be a good person. So it's really hard to to think of him as a bad person, even though I do believe he has these beliefs that that are bad or that lead to badness, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But I think if, you know, me and my dad can't talk because he will immediately start not even talking, like barking at me. I feel like, well, you know, the Rep- or the Democrats this and, you know, Biden sex this. And it's not even that, like, let's just have a conversation. And people often are from both sides stop that conversation before it happens because of the known differences that those people share. Mm-hmm. Before, I, I think we're going to get one of these like little breaks here, but I just want to pose a question to you because you are a teacher. And one of the, one of the topics that I know people are always talking about, the conservative talking point is like, we should arm our teachers. <laughs> we should arm oh our teachers gosh. to protect um so I did want to pose that question, how you felt about that, how you felt about that, an arm, the, the, what was it? The, 
the, the leader of the mystic arts. What we got? <laughs> Teacher forbidden. of the, the, the master of the forbidden arts. Master of the forbidden. As a master of the forbidden arts, I'll pose you that question. You know, I guess we can answer it on the other yeah. side of because we're about to get interrupted. I feel about carrying a gun, but I don't know if you want to resend the thing right now. Yeah, we'll answer that question. We'll be okay. right back with a word from our sponsors. The wind whispered <laughs> through the forest. A storm is coming. You cannot defeat the storm. From the trees rose a resounding voice. I fear nothing. I come when the trumpet sounds. I am the storm, the great American grizzly. Introducing the original Trumpy Bear, the fearless, super plush American grizzly. Trumpy Bear was born June 14th, Flag Day. Just find the secret zipper and pull out the flag blanket. Then wrap yourself in the red, white, and blue for comfort and warmth. Show your patriotism and proudly display Trumpy on Flag Day and on any American holiday. Trumpy can even honor your own family heroes. God bless America and God bless Trumpy Bear. Trumpy Bear sits proudly at the front of the motorcycle for all the world to see and loves to cruise with his brother. I'm a former Marine and I'm proud to have Trumpy Bear ride by my side. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Everyone knows Trumpy Bear loves to go to the golf course. When I ride with Trumpy Bear, he makes my golf game great again. Thank you, Trumpy Bear. Simply style his trademark hair and place him in his favorite chair. Even the toughest guys will love Trumpy Bear. When America is great, business is great. When business is great, I am great. I love you, Trumpy Bear. I am an Army veteran. I am proud to own the Trumpy Bear, and I will always be proud to be an American. Order the Super Plus Trumpy Bear for only two payments of $19.95 and receive a special certificate of authenticity. Don't miss out on owning a piece of American history. Order now for only two payments of $19.95. Trumpy, the most fearless bear anywhere. Order now. back yeah i'll start us off here on the count of three. One, two, three. all right guys and we're back from that break uh so renee i just posed you that question um how do you feel about carrying a gun yeah it's interesting that you asked this my students have asked me this before mm-hmm. um so my students this was right after the las vegas shooting the one where our friend jesus survived thank goodness mm-hmm. um and they asked me this question. I was actually teaching at the time. I'm not, um, I am not a clinician or a counselor. Um, so I don't have that expertise, but at the time I was teaching a class on well, uh, well, now they're changing the name, but abnormal psychology. So you learn about like depression, anxiety, um, schizophrenia, all those different, um, mental health issues. So the class was really interested in learning more about mental health and, um, guns and gun violence and the shooting had just happened the night the day before that might have been the morning uh, whatever it happened so we go to class the next day and they asked me like how do you feel about coming to class and you know having a gun here um, and I told them I would not go to class <laughs> that really like if I were required to to defend the class in in that capacity um, I would probably like if, if my job required that of me I would probably quit because it's just it's just something I, I don't I don't have the training for I know nothing about them I mean I know other than like the statistics and things we've talked about but I know nothing about how to handle one um that would be like giving me a car and without any practice you know 
we keep going back to this car reference. A car is dangerous. You can yeah. kill a lot of people with a car too. And so um, I would be terrified. I would be mortified. That would, to me, not be okay. And I feel like it would be really dangerous for my students as well. Um, and my students were like, yeah, if you had to do that, I wouldn't want to come to class either. So I think a lot of students are feeling the same. And these were college age. I think they were like the majority of them were in their 20s. Um, and so it's just, uh, I would be very much against it. Thank goodness we live in California. Who knows what would happen if, <laughs> if I were you know, somewhere in Texas or Florida or something like that. It wasn't like that long ago. It was like a few weeks ago where like teachers were like being like, like, why are they letting these teachers, these fucking intellectuals teach kids about critical race theory? Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah. now you want them to carry fucking machine guns and machetes to like <laughs> protect the kids. It's like, come on, dude, you can't have it both ways. You can't have like these people aren't qualified enough to be teaching our kids. We need to keep God. They need to teach God in schools and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, also carry a gun. dude. And it goes back to what we were talking about with the police. Like you can't just keep lumping all this extra responsibility yeah, on a right. group of people that are already overworked and underpaid. And all of a sudden, like you are tasking them to be personal bodyguards and shit yeah. too. It's just like, I, 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 to me, like these solutions are so, so pussyfied, you know, because it's like, like that's just not a solution. I mean, I, yeah. you know, if you are in buttfuck Montana or whatever, mm -hmm. and you allow your teachers under their own volition to carry or whatever, probably, first of all, probably vet that teacher to make sure he's not going to fucking, you know, turn that gun on the children or whatever, or he's capable right. of, of actually using it. Because I think back to like all of my teachers and God bless Miss Waddell. I love her. She is yeah. still the best teacher I have ever had or whatever. Right. But if she had a gun <laughs> and fucking she was tasked. Miss Widow has put on the armor of Christ. Yeah, she puts yeah. on the fucking Bible man, fucking armor <laughs> of God or whatever. Yeah. And fucking there's a fucking school shooter that comes in. I'm fucking wrestling that gun away from Miss Waddell. Do you remember Miss Hicks from Element? Did you have Miss Hicks? Oh, yes. There's like did. an older, like very fragile, like was dying of diabetes. It's like, time to pick up the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to, like, she's not going to be able to protect Did you me. all go to, did you all go to elementary together? Uh, uh, we went to we went to the same elementary, but we didn't have classes together. No, yeah, but oh, Washington okay, okay. we did too. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I'm not trusting them to fucking protect me. I like I'm not gonna run behind them or whatever. Like, if anything, like I I mean I do know that the Uvalde had you know a fucking uh, a yeah. resource officer or whatever at my job. We have armed yeah. guards there, and it does provide oh. a layer of protection, which I'm okay with. But at the same time, and I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts and one of the dudes on there said something that just did not sit well with me where he said, well, we need to arm all the teachers, all the teachers aides or whatever, because if somebody's coming in bullets flying, I want bullets going the other way. And the Jesus first thought Christ. and the first <laughs> thought that fucking popped in my head and I was like, if my son, you know, he's five years old, mm -hmm. you know, teleport, you know, let's use the master of the fucking dark arts over here, mm -hmm. teleport him three <laughs> years in the future. And he's in kindergarten or whatever. There's bullets flying into the classroom and there's bullets I, flying out I of know. the classroom. Who's in between Good. that? My kid, uh -huh. my kid is, has yeah. bullets flying in every direction. I feel like he's in a worse position <sighs> at Dude, that point. They uh -huh. were, I mean, they were selling like bulletproof backpacks. I, I, I like, Ugh, I know. They they were like, there's like blankets that you can buy for your kids or bulletproof blankets in case they're in a mass shooting situation. That That is terrible, dude. That is, it's, it's horrifying. And the funny thing about this whole thing, the arming the teachers, 
No one's talking about like, uh, and if we do this, we're going to also double their pay. Like, I haven't heard anyone say that shit. Yeah. Like, no one's talking about like increasing pay. Like, you're doing double duty now. Like, you're <laughs> fucking playing offense and defense now. Like, like, like you got to show up with the lesson plan and you got to be like kindergarten. Like, yeah, cop. It's like all of a sudden you got to like know your fucking. <laughs> it's like, dude, you better be like double and tripling pay of the teachers if you want to do that shit. Ain't no oh saying that shit. At Tech least give is... them a ferret. Yeah. Jacob just said a word I don't think I've ever heard before, but I really liked it. That is it pussifying? Yeah. Like that is such a like Ted Cruz thing. I feel like everything Ted, oh, everything yeah. Ted Cruz touches gets pussified. Dude, this is Ted Cruz. <laughs> like, do, do the, this, right? Oh, the, yeah. The, yeah. It's Jacob. We just saw a vagina. Dude, yeah. show your son that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see Ted Cruz? That's a that's offensive to women if you're comparing that to Ted Cruz. Yeah, I, sorry, I apologize to women around the world, but yeah. Ted Cruz. Thank every you. every time Ted I Cruz. hear a Ted Cruz point, I'm like, this is the worst. Like, are you are you seriously in office? Like, are you ser- people people like you? Your wife says she. Loves I know. You? I don't understand. Like, it's like it's not understand. even. And and I know you could say the same thing about dudes like Trump. But I feel at yeah. least dudes like Trump, it's like going to like a monster truck rally where it's like, I get it. It's dumb. Like, there's no point to this. It's like trucks stepping on other trucks. It's like, I get it. That's Trump. That's Trump for you. There's like a level of like brain cells were lost or in like too much glue, glue parties at home or some shit. Like, I get it. There's a, there's an audience for Trump. But for Ted Cruz, it's like, dude, he's like trying to make intellectual points and like by saying some of the dumbest shit i could ever imagine because he does these things and fucking what's his name does this too um ben ben McCarthy. oh ben ben McCarthy. both of them yeah they're cut very, from the same claw yeah they're two really smart dudes like no doubt about it they would beat me in every single fucking argument or whatever i'm pretty sure that if they were into basketball or whatever they could probably win an argument quote unquote that the charlotte hornets are the best basketball team they yeah, ever yeah. beat or whatever that's even though, Shapiro, dude. yeah even though that 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 is uh, an inherent fat or an inherent false fact or whatever right but like i feel like they're so g- good at fucking arguing their point but what they do though is they work their way backwards on 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 points or whatever they know like this is where they stand but then they work themselves backwards yeah. to like well, okay and that's where you get all these like fucking bad fucking ideas and fucking just after like, after the school shooting ben shapiro had this whole thing about how um you know, Joe Biden came out and started talking about it. And like, you know, he brought up the gun debate at the very end of his at the end of his speech. And Ben Shapiro's like, does this whole like, are you serious, dude? You're about to politicize this. We just had a mass shoot. And I was like, first of all, I, I like what Renee said. I think it was during the Patreon. I don't know if we said it during this episode, but Renee says everything's political. Literally, you can't do shit without without politics being involved in this in this country, in, in this world, really. And it's like, yes, guns are a political issue. Mental health is a political issue. Like all of these things have to be addressed by the politicians that we've put into office. And the fact that it's not being addressed, the fact that it's being brushed under the rug, the fact that we're like addressing it with like, why don't we just have bulletproof doors? And it's like, all right, <laughs> let's let's. OK, even though uh, we are against fucking socialism, let's redesign. This is a real thing that a real fucking senator fucking proposed. Rede- redesign every school to have one entryway. Yeah. And have a man trap. Right. Like, that's ridiculous. The man trap thing of like mm-hmm. it's like going to a bank or whatever. Where we can lock him inside. The dude's probably going to commit suicide. He probably does not care about your man trap. 
Like, yeah, it's like I'm not trying to arm Mrs. Hicks, my fourth grade teacher, with like a semi-automatic to like try to protect the kids. It's it ain't gonna happen. Like it's just these are ridiculous talking points. And they're just it's kind of disgusting, like that these people are in charge and going on the news and spreading this information, and then like it kind of becomes this copy and paste kind of information with like your conservative co-workers and people you know, and all of a sudden it's like nothing it just became a giant circle jerk of information that didn't solve anything one thing when while we were on while we were on break the last commercial break uh i brought up the fact another talking point that keeps getting brought up too well if you get rid of all the guns bad guys are still gonna they're not gonna follow the laws they're just gonna get guns illegally or whatever and they're gonna hurt people who don't have guns and whatnot and i understand that point i can see where they're coming from with it but then it goes back to I thought blue lives mattered. I thought you stand behind that, you know, the thin blue line or whatever the fuck they call it or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not about fucking like every citizen is out here being, you know, Mel Gibson in the Patriot or whatever. And you're going to fight off the fucking all every evildoer out there or whatever. Right. And then they always bring up Chicago. Um, I saw a really cool town hall where, you know, Obama, as he was leaving um, office, uh, he, he did a town hall meeting for whatever reason. And some guy proposed that to him and he said, you know, what about in Chicago where you guys have some of the strictest gun laws, but the, some of the highest rates of violence and like I, on on the surface level? Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But when you dig deeper into it, you said it at the beginning of the episode. It's so easy to get a gun across state lines and whatnot. Right. So a lot of people in South Chicago. Yeah, they are getting guns illegally you know in indiana or these other places where they have really lax gun laws well, and whatnot it, i'm glad you bring up indiana because indiana has some of the laxest laws that is right down the street from them so it's yeah. like i don't know right. i don't i don't know that research but indiana does have i don't know what the research is of guns going into 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 chicago but chicago is like you know the biggest city in that region mm-hmm. so i can imagine how guns would travel into it yeah, but it's just like we also have seatbelts. We also people don't wear their seatbelts all the time. Like we have these laws. And yes, of course, you're going to have people that ignore them or whatever. But let's try to put some kind of roadblock in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to like that whole thing that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, like the good guy with the gun or whatever. Like just because you you have a gun doesn't mean we saw it in Uvalde. There was a tons of guys outside with fucking guns and whatnot. And the police were stopping him. I, it was heartbreaking because I kind of ignored it all day because of this situation with, you know, children being involved. And I have a kid. I don't want to see that shit. But like the cops said, no, you guys are not going in there. And then the cops tasing parents with guns. Yeah. And, uh, well, cops doing, you know, tackling people, arresting people for trying to go in there and save their children or whatever. Right. And so it's just like to me, like, I feel like that good that 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 argument that talking point about like well if you get rid of all the guns which no one is trying to get rid of all the guns right all three of us can say that we're not trying to get rid of all the guns but we do want gun control and i to me personally nobody should have an assault rifle because that all that is is just you're just adding that to your collection because you think it's fun to shoot yeah yeah i agree we just solved bill world's problems (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um yeah, i i agree we I, should I run mean, for office there th- i mean what what, <laughs> yeah. what besides hunting which i still think like dude come on that's like the most fucked up weapon you can kill an animal with you don't need an ar to yeah, kill a fucking like, deer god damn it dude every time i hear like joe rogan talking about killing elk and it's like dude i get it you like elk and elk meat but it's like dude that dude was just like feeding his fucking that, that was just a, that was a mama elk 
that was the story. You just relive Bambi right now, dude. <laughs> like Bambi no longer has a mom because of you. Like it, it's pretty sad. But anyways, that's a whole different story. Um, I'm not against hunting, by the way, but I I do think that weapons like that are there is a humane humane way of like killing animals, which I've told you. Like I grew up kind of killing chickens for dinner for food, not just for fun. My grandma would make me kill chickens, but like. There is a humane way of killing animals and like that ain't it, man. That's such a like gruesome, like borderline, like serial killer shit. That's like, I can't believe people are cool with that shit. Like yeah. that's weird. But, um, but besides that, like, dude, you're not protecting your home with a weapon like that. That's no. like some fucking Rambo shit. And like people, we kind of have like that weird Rambo mentality now with like the dude with like the lifted truck and like, the fucking American flag on the sleeve thing where he feels like he's like your neighbor. He's like a perfect example of that, dude. Like where he's like, people just feel like they're constantly under attack in the United States. Like there is a weird anxiety with those people. Like maybe it's the media. Maybe it's like the conservative media constantly feeding information of fear your neighbor and the bad hombre and fear the person doesn't look like you. I was telling Jacob while we were on commercial break um, that you know, I know this guy who's who like said something about this guy who had a very foreign sounding name. And he was like, I can't believe he has that name right now. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, like, what do you mean? He had like his last name was Muhammad. And I was like, dude, Muhammad is like the most fucking common last name in, in the, the world. world, dude. Like, read a book. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just like, I can't believe you exist. Like, I can't believe you and me are like in the same room right now. Like, how is this possible? Like, how is this the same world? You get a boat, like, with that kind of mentality? Like, that's the scary thing, like, that there is this weird anxiety with people about anything that looks different or sounds different or anyone that's trying to take your guns or make your kids gay and, like, teach critical race theory. Like, anything that's not what I like, It's it's been amplified possibly by the four Trump years that really created mm-hmm. these weird anxieties of anything different is bad. One thing, too, like you said, fear a bunch of times. And this always just rings true in my head, right? And it goes back to kind of the E-Man episode uh, about American Jesus that we did. Um, But a lot of these conservative-minded folks or whatever, safe to say, a lot of them are very, you know, they're Christian or, you know, super involved in the church or whatever, right? And one of the Bible verses that always just stick out in my head or whatever is like, God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. Dude, my phone started playing Megadeth while you said that. I'm not even joking. It just <laughs> randomly started playing Megadeth. Sorry. But um, yeah, like, that's one of the Bible the Bible verses. Is like God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. You know, that's the devil or whatever, right? Yeah. But you, so you mean to tell me that you you are this Christian person that lives by these Christian rules or whatever, but you're constantly living in fear? Then that means something isn't matching up, right? Like if 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 Jesus is the way and all this stuff or whatever, but you're still living in fear, even though the Bible instructs you not to live in fear then yeah something does not compute here so it's uh, to me like that i always throw that out there and it, it kind of stumps people at that point and hopefully you know helps change some minds but yeah like if you if you're a fucking church going conservative i mean hey i can see if you're atheist or whatever and whatnot or whatever but marinate on that like because if you're a fucking conservative and you're super like into the church every sunday and sometimes on wednesday or whatever right but you're constantly living in fear even though the bible instructs you not to be I don't know. You might want to reevaluate your 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 ways of thought there. Renee, you got any closing words? I feel like you're kind of the voice of of logic in all this. 
Um, I think, you know, this is all, this is really scary. So I keep talking about my family. I'm really close with them. My grandma is 80 and she's seen so many different things in her lifetime. And she's a healthy 80, thank goodness for, for us. And she always tells me, this is the scariest time that I've ever lived in. Wow. Like with politics and with, um, you know, what's what, you know, which is I'm sure another podcast for you all, like what ha- happening in Russia, what was happening um, with gun violence, what's ha- what COVID, like, I mean, there's just a lot of collective trauma from all these things that have happened over the last five years. Um, but I think, you know, it's a really scary time, but I, also, at the same time, it's the optimist in me. I do believe very strongly in humanity. And I think I saw that a lot during COVID. Um, you know, when COVID first happened, it was like March 20th, 2020. And it hit Italy really strongly before it hit anyone else. I don't know if y'all remember. And people were isolating already. And you could see outside, you know, people were isolating, but they wanted to be together. So they were together. This guy was playing music outside so everyone could hear and everyone could be together, but, you know, socially distanced. And I just think things like that and the things that people are doing politically, like I'm thinking of people like Beto O'Rourke, um, you know, who's from El Paso and who has fought over the last, since the El Paso massacre happened, who has fought so hard for, you know, um, more strict gun legislation there are people doing good things. Um, and I, you know, I, it's hard to see that when you have such evil things happening. Um, but I do believe that there are people who are going to fight and for, uh, for a safer world for, for everyone. Um, and I, I do strongly believe in that. Do I think it's going to take time? Absolutely. Do I know if I'll see it in my lifetime? I don't know. Do I hope it in my niece's lifetime? I, absolutely hope so um and so I just feel although all of these awful things have happened I mean I'm I'm speechless when it comes to thinking about Uvalde El Paso Buffalo I mean we could go on right there's so many different those are just the mass shootings we haven't talked about the different um other types of gun violence I mean we talked a little bit about it but not in depth there's just so much tragedy and the tragedy far outweighs the positives of it Um, and so I think that I'm, although I'm so heartbroken and I'm so devastated and I'm so scared, I also do have optimism around humanity, um, because I've seen what humanity can do when they believe in something and try to try to make change. So, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can start being less polarized and just having and just talking to each other like i was talking to you all about that gentleman who was like oh well, you're an educator and educators are liberal like i was so after we started talking i was so overwhelmed by our connection like we had a really strong connection even though everything about us was different and i just i hope i and again i think i'm being optimistic about this i don't know again if these types of things will happen in my lifetime, but I sure hope that they do. Well said. Um, Yeah. I think we all, (laughs) no, I mean, I I think we all hope, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we all hope for, for change and we all hope for good change. 
Um, that's kind of scary that your your grandma said that this is this the like the scariest time that she's seeing. Yeah, it, I, it is scary. I, I I guess I could see that. You know, like there was like political turmoil and like you know like with like the MLK days and like everything that was going on in the south. Mm-hmm. Like, but we still have that. Like that didn't go away. Like now it's mm-hmm. now it's just like this on top of like mass shootings. We didn't. The number of mass shootings has gone up over the last. Let me remember when Columbine happened. Like Columbine was a big deal. Now it's like it if Columbine happened, deal. it would just be like eh, another one of those, huh? Yeah. Like that's sad that we're at that point where it's just like, you know, mass shootings are just such common, commonplace in society, and you know we don't. We kind of hinted at that. I I brought this up when we we talk about serial killers and things like that on this podcast. And when serial killers became kind of a trend in the 19 late 60s through the 70s, there became a CIA task force to like find out what's going on. How do we profile these serial killers? How do we find out everything we can about serial killers? And there is has been a little bit of that with like mass shooters. But I even feel like NRA is kind of like preventing any kind of things like yeah, that. Yeah, the like ATF we, is banned from having any kind of electronic database. So they, it has to be all like old school, uh-huh. like Dewey Decimal System bullshit. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like we, we can't even look into that. The closest thing we had to like investigating anything like that was when we had the uh, the DC snipers. And it was just because they fell into more of a, a, a serial killer style like shooting type mm-hmm. of thing where they were like, yeah, they're serial mm-hmm. killers, but they're killing with a gun. So I guess we can look into them. Other than that, it's like mass shooters. Like we can't even look into that because it's like, but the numbers have gone up. We're we're kind of in that like hot zone the way people were in the seventies with serial killers, where it was like there was a new serial killer every. There still is serial killers. We haven't caught them all yet. They're still out there. Jacob, I have a suspicion mm-hmm. that Jacob might have done some weird shit, but um, I believe it at Target yeah. at the East Side East Baker's Target. Kids were going yeah. missing. That's all I'm gonna say. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck, don't put that on me. <laughs> but um, but uh. But no, I mean, like we just we for some reason and probably the reason is the NRA. But for some reason, we just refuse to to do to take action. And and I had to point it out, but I just feel like the NRA is like the big like devil in the room. That's just like, come on, dude. Renee hit the, the nail on the head when she said money is the root of all evil. And I think if you remove the lobbyists, I mean, it can go into any direction you want. Whether you talk about health or anything like that. Right lobbyists just to me it's mm-hmm. such a weird thing that we allow in this country we let the rich manipulate the laws that are supposed to help everybody from the bottom to the top right so we need to remove that fucking again like i said at the beginning of this episode where i said you know representatives and senators are continuously on campaigns to you know get reelected or whatever so campaigns cost money or whatever Maybe we need to put term limits on all these people because if they if, if they're continuously receiving money from these lobbyists, we need to stop that. You know, we need we need fresh blood, if you will, to you know come in and we need to put a stop to all of that, right? We put term limits on our presidents. Why why don't you know? And then uh, people like Mitch McConnell, like they're just as dangerous as a Trump, if not more so. Yeah. But we allow them to be in office pretty much until the day they die. You know, and it go and it goes both ways. So. To me, I think we need to look at that. We definitely need to look at banning assault rifles. If it's if it's going to cause more collateral damage than it is going to save a life, then we need to get rid of it. I mean, arm our military by all means. Mm-hmm. You know, if fucking Canada tries to fucking invade us or fucking, you know, Afghanistan or whatever, right? Like, I'm all for that or whatever, right? And SWAT 
you know, Navy SEALs and shit. I'm all mm. for that. That's cool. I'm not trying to get rid of every single gun and burn them in the fucking thing and make an iron throne out of it like Game of Thrones. But I don't need butt fuck Captain Cul-de-sac over here to fucking have a fucking AR-15. And while he's defending mm. his home from some burglars just trying to steal his fucking, you know, 42 inch plasma or whatever. Stray bullets are a real thing. Yeah. Bullet hits like fucking my kid, hits my girl, hits me, mm-hmm. even hits my chihuahua. Like, I don't want that. That shouldn't fucking be a fucking possibility in my life. So mm-hmm. that's where I land on, on all of this. Man, that's a downer. Uh, should I end it with a joke? You want me to tell a joke at the end here? Sure. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, what do you call a cow that's lying on the ground? Uh, ground beef. Ah! <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, tell your mommy a boo too. Uh, Renee, it's on it. Hey, uh, shout out to Coca Cola. Is that what you're pointing yeah, out? Yeah, Coke Zero. Coke yeah. Zero. I love it. I, I, yeah, heck yeah, dude. dude if we got Coke. Coke if we got sponsored by Coke, dude, I would I would do a line of Coke on <laughs> on on the podcast if we got sponsored by that. Uh, but um, got thank you so much for coming on. And, and yeah, like, thanks for inviting me. So much time. So much. Yeah, you're you're officially a part of the show now, and uh, we'll have to have you on again to do some more topics like this. So okay, uh, Renee, okay. is well, there any place or anything you want to fucking promote or shout out, or do you want the people to follow you on social media or anything? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can find her at the mystic museum she is the master of the forbidden arts um but yeah so shout this out to so renee fun. i'm so glad we get to have this space for important conversations so thank you no, no problem anytime you'll have to come back so uh with all of that said guys go ahead and follow us on all the social medias at art and jacob do america everywhere except for twitter because elon Musk made us have the handle of at Art and Jacob do a one. So apparently uh, Mr. Musk thinks we need uh, uh, steak sauce on uh, all of our fucking meat products, but uh, head on over there, uh, get us to follow the, you know, the, the Facebook group where we have, you know, in-depth discussions such as this. So head on over there, go to the YouTube page where you'll see a video version of this podcast. Dude, I have a feeling that the YouTube, the comment section on this episode for the YouTube section is going to be like, you guys are fucking idiots. That guy said this. I've seen correct, dude. It's going to be so much hate, and I can't wait to read it in like three years where it's Masturbate. like, oh, dude, it's going to be so much hatred there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, dude, that ground beef joke didn't land, dude. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, head on over there. If you want to support this podcast, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to patreon.com slash art and Jacob do America, where every single week we put together a bonus episode for your listening pleasure, where nine times out of 10, those episodes are better than the actual episode that you're hearing today for free. This week is no exception. Renee also joins us on this week's Patreon. We give you a fire S episode there. So head on over there. Donate $1, $10, $15, $115, however much you want to. The NRA, if you want to come through and sponsor this podcast. Would you take a sponsorship oh. by the NRA? Uh, yeah, zero? and I would just do, all I would do is just like, it would be like kind of like a Sasha Baron Cohen thing where I would just dress up as Charlton Heston and just like fucking just do like. Dude, if, if we were sponsored by by NRA, I would just like Silence of the Lambses. So I just tuck my wiener between my legs and just like, <laughs> and it'd be like I would write NRA on my chest. And be like, <laughs> walking around with that with a Goodbye Horses play yeah. in the background. Yeah. Goodbye Horses. And then it'd be like, well, sponsorship over. <laughs> How did this guy get sponsored by we the NRA? Don't need no gay brown man up in here. <laughs> uh, but head on over there. 
Uh, guys, uh, head on over to our official website at learnjacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links to get your hands on a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, or whatever, right? Uh, it is not so much to help us financially as uh, we don't really see that much profit from those sales, but it's more or less to help get the good word out of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. You are a walking billboard, if you will. Uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend you head on over to podbelly.com, uh, where we are official members of the Podbelly Network. Uh, so check out our friends over at the social, uh, the social, the Sofa King podcast, fellow Bakersfield podcast over there, as well as Hillbilly Horror Stories and Paranormal Punchy. But with that said, guys, my voice is fleeting away. Uh, but once again, Renee, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. Stand up, y'all. Stand up. For everyone that pulled over at the beginning of the episode, you can you are now allowed to keep continue your drive. <laughs> and put your hat back put on. Put your hat back on. You can now remove your right <laughs> hand off your off your uh, heart off your uh, heart centricles or whatever it's called. Your left ventricle. Be- left ventricle, sorry. There you go, the bottom of your heart. But with that said, everybody, goodbye. Good night. Good night. It's a good guys. Why then do you and Hillary want to control and restrict and limit gun manufacturers, gun owners, and the responsible use of guns and ammunition to the rest of us, the good guys, instead of holding the bad guys accountable for their actions? And Mr. President, if I may, I'd like to use Chicago, your hometown, a city that has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation, a city that for decades and still is under democratic control, a city that has an outrageous and even embarrassing murder rate Mm -hmm. as my first example. Why can't we round up these thugs, these drug dealers and gang members and hold them accountable for their actions or allow the good people in Chicago access to firearms to protect themselves? Good, all right, well, let me, it's a multi-part question, so so let me just uh, say a couple things. First of all, uh, the notion that I, or Hillary, or Democrats, or whoever you want to choose, are hell-bent on taking away folks' guns is just not true. And, and I don't care how many times the NRA says it. I'm about to leave office. There have been more guns sold since I've been president than just about any time in U.S. history there are There are enough guns for every man, woman, and child in this country. And at no point have I ever, ever proposed confiscating guns from responsible gun owners. So it's just not true. What I have said is precisely what you suggested, which is why don't we treat this like every other thing that we use? We used to have really bad auto fatality rates. The auto fatality rate has actually dropped precipitously, drastically, since I was a kid. Why is that? We decided we had seatbelt laws. We decided to have manufacturers put airbags on in place. We decided to crack down on drunk driving and texting. We decided to redesign roads so that they were less likely to have a car bank. We studied what is causing these fatalities using science and data and evidence, and then we 
slowly treated it like the public health problem it was, and it got reduced. We are not allowed to do any of that when it comes to guns because people, if, if you propose anything, it is suggested that we're trying to wipe away gun rights and, and impose tyranny and martial law. Do you know that Congress will not allow the Center for Disease Control to study gun violence? They're not allowed to study it because the notion is, is that by studying it the same way we do with traffic accidents, somehow that's going to lead to everybody's guns being confiscated. When we talked about background checks, if you buy a car, if you want to get a license, first of all, you got to get a license. You have to take a test. <laughs> you have to, people have to know that you know how to drive. You don't have to do any of that with respect to buying a gun. And when we talked about doing effective background checks, it was resisted because the notion was we were going to take your guns away. I, I just came from a meeting today in the Situation Room in which I've got people who we know have been on ISIL websites living here in the United States, U.S. citizens, and we're allowed to put them on the no-fly list when it comes to airlines, but because of the National Rifle Association, I cannot prohibit those people from buying a gun. This is somebody who is a known ISIL sympathizer, and if he wants to walk in to a gun store or a gun show right now and buy as, much, as many weapons as ammo as, as he can, nothing's prohibiting from doing that, even though the FBI knows who that person is. So, sir, I, I just have to say respectfully that there is a way for us to have common sense gun laws. There is a way for us to make sure that lawful, responsible gun owners like yourself are able to use it for sporting, hunting, protecting yourself. But the only way we're going to do that is if we don't have a situation in which anything that is proposed is viewed as some tyrannical destruction of the Second Amendment. And that's how the issue too often gets framed. It's like this, then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.